0: Hi, welcome to the On Becoming Educated podcast where I, Pa Vu, will share my experience as a first-generation PhD student. Hi everybody, it's the fifth week of school and I'm starting to get the hang of the heavy load of reading. Although I think I can definitely do better with the reading schedule. I haven't quite gotten that down yet because I get so easily distracted. Um, but the reading itself, I think I'm getting a good hang of it. I still, unfortunately, hate statistics as much as I did the first time I took it. But I've come to accept that it's just a thing I have to endure. And um, that I have to do in order to get to this the next um, leg of the race. I'm also speaking up in class, which is something that I barely did the first time I went to grad school. So I'm really happy about that. Someone, um, someone not in class, actually not anything to do with school, asked me once if I was shy and my immediate answer to that question, and it was a very certain answer, was, no, I'm not shy. I may appear that way, but in fact, I've never been shy maybe nervous, maybe unsure of how to approach a situation. But once I know how to do it, I have absolutely no problem. As a grad student this time around, I knew how to do it. And I think that has made a lot of difference. And also just my experience working, being a professional, and just being a little bit older and being less scared has also really, really helped. So here are some examples. In class, I know how to ask for something that I see is needed. I know how to challenge a professor's claim, not in a rude way, because I can never be rude to a professor just because of the way that I was raised, but in a way that kind of pokes holes or or, or um, focuses on gaps or looks at the problem from a different perspective Um, I think that's important when you're in the classroom to ask questions and to doubt answers and um, to create conversations out of those questions and those doubts. I also know how to answer a question with less fear of being wrong. So just this week, I was asked to define a term well, I shouldn't say it was just me, it was the whole class, but we were asked to define term and nobody was speaking. So I said, I'm not sure if this is the right answer, but my immediate thought is this. It's all a trial and error. Being in class, life, (laughs) and I've learned that you can't be afraid of the error after all, it's in the error that you really learn something. If you consistently get things right all the time, then, and you're right all the time, then you're really not learning very much. But if you are making errors here and there, and you can course correct, and you can learn from those errors, then that is where the gold really is. So that's kind of an update on what's going on with me. Last week, I talked about the statement of purpose and how to write it. I hope that if you are going through the application process, you found it helpful. If you have any follow-up questions, feel free to email me at paw at bypalu.com. I got an email this week from Sally, who asked a great question about how to approach writing statements of purpose and personal statements when you are applying to several different schools that may be requiring kind of very specific things. So um, I'll try to address that on today's episode. The majority of today's episode, though, will be about the personal statement and how to write it. First, though, let me share my personal statement with you. A small black-and-white picture hangs in my office at CSU Chico, where I work as the Writing Center Coordinator. In the picture, I am four years old, and my cheeks are puffy from grinning as my fingers curl around a chalkboard that reads, Lu, Pa, Nu, followed by an alphanumeric number identifying my family's refugee file. The picture was taken in the Panatnikom Refugee Transition Center in Thailand before my family came to the United States in 1990 as part of the Vietnam War refugee resettlement effort. Next to this picture is another one of me in a dark graduation gown holding a bouquet of flowers. My parents are smiling proudly on either side of me. It was May 2008, and I was the first person in my family to earn a college degree. Although it was a happy moment, behind our smiling faces was an awareness that things could have gone very differently. When my family and I came to the U.S., we left Thailand behind, but we did not leave our culture behind. Traditionally, a Hmong girl was raised to bear children perform household and farming duties, and take care of her husband and his family until the day she died. Most girls married between the ages of 13 and 18 and spent their lives farming. A product of the Hmong culture, my mother feared that if I went to college, I would never marry, and she often dissuaded me from pursuing higher education. My father, who was literate in Hmong and Thai and who often used his basic English skills to help me with homework, encouraged me to go as far as I could go. By the time I earned my bachelor's degree, I was one of the few Hmong women in my peer group who was not already married with children. Going against the norm and against my mother's desire I decided to pursue graduate education nearly 500 miles from home. While in the Ph.D. in education program at UC Santa Barbara, however, I struggled with familial support and extreme imposter syndrome. An uncle close to me accused me of using graduate school as a cover to lead a promiscuous life far from home. In class, I often felt inexperienced and fearful that nothing I said was smart enough or relevant enough. Additionally, I suffered from gaps in social capital. I did not know how to ask a professor out to coffee or to consider me for a research assistantship. Worst of all, I felt out of place because there was no one who looked like me or who spoke my language. In 2011, due to personal reasons, I left my Ph.D. program with a master's degree. I spent the following six years working with Upward Bound, a federal trio program designed to help first-generation and low-income high school students successfully finish high school and enroll in college. I advised an ethnically and linguistically diverse population of students who came from historically underrepresented groups. My most significant work, though, was with Hmong students and their parents, for whom I served as a mentor. I shared my personal experience as a college student and alleviated some of the fears and doubts parents had about their children going to college, especially their daughters. I quickly learned that I was trailblazing for generations of young women after me. And for there to be more mentors, I had to become one. Today, I am a long way from the little girl holding the chalkboard at the Panatnikom Refugee Transition Center. Every single degree I have earned since that picture has been earned against the will of a whole culture. But they have been earned My first generation journey is not over. Although I did not finish my PhD at UC Santa Barbara, I gained invaluable skills as a researcher and in the last eight years I have been working directly with underrepresented students in various educational spaces. I am ready to finish my PhD and to believe my diverse background and experience Will contribute immensely to the UC Berkeley community. So, as I mentioned in the last episode, I'm sharing my personal statement with you to give you an example to hopefully help you construct your own personal statement. I also want to say, whenever I say personal reasons in my personal essays, It's because I've removed those personal reasons since, well, they're personal. Um, So I really encourage you not to say personal reasons, but if you um, are talking about your personal reasons, I encourage you to actually share what they are in the personal statement. And I think this is actually a great transition into an explanation of what a personal statement is. As I mentioned in the last episode, some programs use statement of purpose and personal statement interchangeably, which I find a little strange, but I'm not going to (laughs) judge. Or maybe that is judging. (laughs) To review, a statement of purpose is much more formal and focuses more on your research interests. The personal statement, however, is true to its name. It's personal. Some of you may have written a personal statement when you first applied to college your senior year of high school. You're very much talking about your journey, and as such, you have more room in your personal statement to be creative. You can also write in a less formal tone. I think if I could give you just one piece of advice about writing a personal statement, I would say, tell a story about how you persisted in spite of something, whatever that something is. Now, there's certainly more to this, as you can see from my own personal statement. There's all the details of the story itself. There's personal experience. There's your academic experience. But I truly think this is the main point of a personal statement. The story about how you persisted in spite of something. And I really think that all that other information is just there to support this main point. Now, other people may disagree with me, but um, this is just my personal um, understanding and personal experience with writing personal statements. If you are being asked to write a statement of purpose and a personal statement, which most of my programs Actually, called a personal history statement, it may seem as if you're writing two of the same essays. I want to caution you about this. If programs are asking you for multiple essays, then they don't want the same thing multiple times. They want different essays that will complement each other. So, this gives you some options. If you focused on something in one essay, then maybe focus less on that in the other. Or if you really want to focus on the same thing, then you should really try to have something different to say about it. Remember that if you're writing multiple essays, they shouldn't repeat each other. They should complement each other. I'd like to share the process that I used to write my personal statement with you. You'll find that some of the steps in writing a personal statement are pretty much the same steps that I used in writing a statement of purpose. I mean, both of them are essays, so I think that's not too surprising. However, I found that a personal statement does have some steps that may take you a bit more time. Step number one, read the directions. And as I've said before, read them very carefully and underline, highlight, do whatever you need to do in order to really understand what they want from you. Here's an example of a prompt that I threw together. In three pages or less, tell us about your goals and or interests in this particular field of study and your readiness for graduate work. Describe how personal responsibilities and or challenges have influenced you or your academic achievements and or your career choices. Some of you may be thinking that this sounds just like the prompt for the statement of purpose, and you're not wrong. Sometimes they do sound very similar, and that's why it's important to understand the difference between the two of them. Step two, spend some time reflecting on the prompt. Jot down the ideas that pop into your head Some things that might be helpful in sparking ideas are family pictures. I mean, that's what I pretty much use is one of um, a couple of family pictures, journals, awards, social media, etc. Although there are a lot of things you could potentially talk about in your personal statement, I would encourage you to narrow down one theme or one thing that you overcame. Was it poverty? Was it being a first-generation college student? Although I, I would kind of um, be careful about the first generation college student thing, I think it's I think a lot of people have used this, so even if you were to use this, I would encourage you to um, use this kind of like as a maybe secondary theme and not your primary theme, or unless you have like a really great story and you want to use that as a as a primary theme. Some other things are, uh, was it being a woman in a deeply patriarchal culture? Was it an illness? Was it working in the fields or taking care of someone in your family or going to Laos to teach English to kids in a Hmong village? You should really have one thing that is really guiding your whole essay. For example, in my personal statement, the theme was about overcoming traditional expectations for a Hmong girl. So... You can talk about multiple things that relate to your theme, but these things are like the glue that holds your main story, which is your theme, together. Step three. Decide how you want to approach your personal statement. Do you want to tell it from one point in time to another point in time, which is the way that I approached my personal statement? Do you want to start with a narrow lens and then expand out? Do you want to focus on one specific event in your life and how that impacted everything else? These are just three ways to approach a personal statement, but there are multiple ways, and you can decide which will work best for you and which will tell your story in the best way. Step four. Now that you've done steps one through three, it's time to build your outline. If you're not an outliner, and a lot of people are not, then feel free to use the brainstorming and organizing method that works best for you. For a personal statement, there aren't specific paragraphs that I can really tell you about as there were in the statement of purpose. I think typically there is an introduction, And then there's the body, which can consist of multiple paragraphs. And then the conclusion. But I can't tell you what's going to go in each paragraph. And I can't even begin to tell you because everybody is going to have a different story. And and everybody is going to have a different approach. And I want to make sure that I don't make it more difficult for you by telling you, oh, this should go into this specific paragraph. For some resources on how to write these different parts of the essay, please see the show notes for episode 21. Step 5. Once you have your outline done, write your draft. Again, at this stage, don't worry about word count or page count. When I wrote my first draft for my personal statement, I had a whole extra page but I was able to delete and combine things and got it down to two pages. Step six. This is the step where you clean up your essay. You cut and paste, you combine, you delete, you move things around until you get as close as you can to the page number or word count you need to be at. It doesn't have to be exact at the step, but it should be getting close. For me, like I said, I had like a whole extra page when I first, when I did my first draft and a lot of it was repetitive things that I had already written in my statement of purpose. So once I considered that I had already told them about some of these things, it was a lot easier to cut and paste or to um, cut and combine, I should say, not cut and paste, cut and combine and to make sure that I really think about what I want to tell them in my personal statement and to also ask myself if certain things really fit into the story or do I really need them in the story. At this point, you also want to do some revising and editing to make sure your essay flows and your sentences make sense. You also want to catch any spelling or punctuation errors in the step. Step number seven. Once your essay is cleaned up, have someone else look at it. It doesn't need to be a professor for your personal statement, although it can be. It could also be someone who knows you well, a writing center tutor, a friend, or even someone from the career center if you are at a college or a university that has a career center. I found that Career Center Advisors have a lot of experience with personal statements and can really give you some great feedback. I mean, they spend a lot of time with college students who want to go to grad school, and so they've seen a lot of personal statements come through their offices. So I highly encourage you to use the Career Center at your college or university if you have access to one. Step eight, and this will be the last step. Step away from your personal statement. I would say a week is enough, but more is good if you have the time. And reread your essay with a fresh pair of eyes. Does it still make sense? Does it still flow? Is it the story you want to tell? And if it isn't, then what can you do to make sure that it is the story you want to tell? And then go ahead and fix anything that needs to be fixed. And hopefully give it one last read-through when it should be done. With that said, however, you can revise and edit as many times as you need. Just make sure that you keep an eye on the due date so that you get your application in on time. And remember what I said in episode 21 about the statement of purpose when it comes to writing. You can always fix little things here and there, and you can always try to make it perfect, but at some point you're going to have to stop and just say it's good enough. (laughs) It's good enough to turn in. And this is about it. It's not easy to write a personal statement. In some ways, I would say it's even harder than writing a statement of purpose because it's more personal That means you have to reflect more and really think about the lessons you've learned or the challenges that you've overcome. This is hard. So if it takes you some time to write your personal statement, don't beat yourself up for it. Start early. Take the time. Take a break if you need to. Talk to people. And just take care of yourself. Lastly, I want to give you a couple of tips. First, don't use your personal statement as a way to list your accomplishments or your professional experience. Because this isn't if you do it this way, it isn't a story and it's boring. Plus, if your program is already asking for your resume or your CV, then they already have a list of all the places you've worked and all your accomplishments. So they don't really need you to list them in your personal statement or even your statement of purpose. Second, if you are applying to multiple schools and those schools are asking you slightly different questions or they're asking for very specific details, here's one way to approach it, or at least it's the way that I approached it. Instead of writing multiple essays, write one general essay based, of course, upon the directions that you read for all the essays. Then, once you have revised and edited that one general essay to your liking, save a copy for each of the schools you are applying to. Then, go back and add in details that were requested or are requested by that specific school or program. This way, instead of starting from scratch and writing multiple essays, because who has time for that? (laughs) You are writing just one main essay that you are kind of just adding things and changing things to make sure that it fits multiple schools and programs. So thank you so much for sticking around for this long episode on the personal statement. I hope that you found it helpful. And like I said earlier in the episode, if you have any follow-up questions, um, something that wasn't clear, or if you're just wondering about something that um, has to do with the application process, please feel free to email me. Again, my email is paw at bypavu.com, and I will try my best to respond to your emails I want to wish you all the best luck with the application process if you are going through it. And uh, like I said, don't forget to take care of yourself and take breaks and drink a lot of water because water is important. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listening platform of your choice to be notified when new episodes are up. If you would like to support this podcast, a rating and review would go a long way. Podcasts with ratings and reviews are more likely to be found by listeners. So I would very much appreciate it if you can take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast. If you would like to make a donation to help me run this podcast, you can do so at ko-fi.com onbecomingeducated. That's ko-fi.com slash onbecomingeducated. Every dollar helps. Follow me on Instagram at ByPawBoo and the podcast at on Becoming Educated. Lastly, to access transcripts and submit listener questions, go to www.OnBecomingEducated.com.